So a number of years ago, the GDC decided to do some strategic planning, organized effort, thinking about our future, and especially uh, it was thought to be a very important part of this planning for the future of this to, to be very clear about what is Srila Prabhupada's position uh, as our founder of Charya. Uh, you know, uh, we have had a civic succession uh, going on after that, but then there was one faction of people who eventually had to leave us on who decided that Prabhupada was going to be the only Diksha guru year after year forever. And that everybody would give initiation after him would be doing it on his behalf if he would continue to give diction. Something brand new in Vaishnavism, but they wanted to do that. Uh, we are also afraid that somehow or other uh, people would think that uh, Prabhupada, on the other hand, would disappear into the past. One of our eminent former Acharyas, but we wouldn't understand uh, a relationship with them. Uh, and so, the interesting thing about Prabhupada was he's the one that started this con, and he decided at a certain point that his title should be Founder Acharya. Not just Acharya, sometime in the beginning of his, his letter that he called, called himself Acharya. But then at a certain point, founder Acharya. And it became very important that he was recognized as founder Acharya. A peculiar expression, it's a you know, kind of a hybrid, hyphenated English Sanskrit compound. Founder Acharya. Uh, and, and so, uh, I was asked to be part of a committee and ultimately to research the, what meaning of the position of Srila Prabhupada as founder of Acharya? What does it mean for his uh, relationship with Iskhan? What is his position as founder of Acharya? He's the person who started our movement. But of course, he had a spiritual master, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Bhakti Dhanata Thakur, and so on. We go back to Lord Chaitanya, who's the avatar for this uh, Kali Yuga avatar, and then the previous Vaishnava Acharyas, and so on, but still he's the founder of Acharya Viscount. So, what, what is the meaning, what's the relationship between Srila Prabhupada, between the movement as a whole, and between Iskhan's members, not just the ones who were the, like myself, Diksha disciples of Srila Prabhupada? but all, everybody who was disciples of 
disciples of Srila Prabhupada and then later disciples of disciples of Srila Prabhupada and so on. And all of this conference. What's their relationship with Srila Prabhupada? So these were our questions, our, 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 our thinking. And so this, we wanted to deal with the origin and the significance of this term founder acharya. Where did it come from? And, and what is its real meaning that, uh, that we have uh, uh, to uh, understand? And so that was the, uh, the... I began to do some research and to find the use of the term by Srila Prabhupada himself and previously by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Um, I had always assumed that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur had the title Founder Acharya. It was just my understanding. Uh, but then I began to read some literature of the Gaudiamat. And especially, I got a hold of uh, the harmonist, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. In 1923, he took Bhakti Vinod Thakur's Sajjana journal and changed it to this English language harmonist. Very significant because Sajjana Toshini was a you know, a major preaching vehicle for Bhakti Vinod Thakur. And then to take that and change it into an English language publication showed something about the idea of English, doing something in English. And they had another journal called the Godia, which continued on in Bengali. But the, the, and the, the editor, of uh, the harmonist was Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur himself. He himself took his, the editor of it. That's how important it was. And so it started to come out uh, all the time. Uh, 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 so then I wanted to see did he use this title? And when I started reading through the harmonist, Bhakti Siddhanta didn't have a title. He, he was called the Acharya. He was called the spiritual master. Uh, he was called the president uh, you know, of, of, of the Vishwavaishnava Raj Sabha. Uh, uh, and the Acharya and all the Gaudiya Vaishnavas. And eventually there was a kind of president Acharya, but I didn't see that he had the title founder Acharya. But later on, toward the end of his life, uh, there were two places in which he was referred to by that title. 
by Nishikant Sanya. Nishikant Sanya was a professor. We'll get to Nishikant Sanya and tell about him in due time. But, uh, uh, so uh, we'll, we'll discuss that. Uh, then the other thing interesting uh, that happened was founder Charya of what? ISKCON. Because Prabhupada started a new organization, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness. And I wondered why did he start a new organization? He's a disciple of Bhakti Siddhanta. Bhakti Siddhanta had his organization. Uh, the generally was called the Gaudiya Mat, the Gaudiya Mission. I went through several different changes over the years. And uh, but Prabhupada decided to start a whole new organization and with himself as its founder of Charya. That's what he did. Rather than simply continue on as a branch or part of the Bhaktisiddhanta's mission, he started again. And of course he was criticized for doing that by some of his, his god brothers. Uh, so then, this we have in this new organization with his position of uh, Srila Prabhupada uh, as this founder of Charya. And it was very important. Very important. There are very strong statements about Prabhupada when at one point <coughs> And in, in this book, if you, if you haven't read it, a very detailed uh, recounting of research to find all these incidences, when suddenly his name just appeared on the book as A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami, and not even his divine grace, and then, so after that happened, they come under the influence of some, some of the Prabhupada disciples of some of the Scott brothers. They sort of removed them of all that stuff. They didn't like that he was even called Sri the Prabhupada. And, uh, and, and after that happened, and then, then he insisted on this final founder Charya. And his name, it all as appears now, his divine grace. A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, founder of Charya, International Society for Krishna Consciousness. All that, it took some time for that to get established because it was very important to Prabhupada. So these things, because Prabhupada insisted upon it and why it was important to him to have his name there as the founder of Charya Iskhan, and whenever you had the name Iskhan, International Society of Krishna Consciousness, show on signs or books, Below it would be founder Acharya, his divine grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. So, it's important. So, what is, what is that importance? That's what we had to uh, find, find this out. And there will uh, uh, be some benefits to us to if we gain this very uh, deep understanding of Srila Prabhupada's position. And we'll outline what those, of course, what those, what, what, what good will accrue to us by understanding this 
and gain some actual experience, knowledge of Prabhupada's position. So now we'll go back and we'll look at the origin and the early use of uh, the founder Acharya. So those are our questions. And now we can go on and, and look at them. When I began to research where this showed up, this title came from, I was kind of, it was in a surprising place. There is a book uh, uh, written by Nishikant Sanyar, this professor at Ravenshaw College, who was a professor of history. And he was Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's right hand man for English language preaching. And he was described as the de facto editor of the Harmonist. Prabhupada even refers him to the editor, although formally speaking, Bhaktisiddhanta was the editor, but he was the hands-on uh, 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 working editor of uh, uh, this. So this, this is this book called Sri Krishna Chaitanya that was written by Nishikant Sanyal. So, uh, as I said, Sonia was very, very good in English language uh, preaching. And so, Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati Thakur wanted that when, you see, in 1933, he sent preachers to England. Uh, and before they went to English, they had to bring with them a book, a very authoritative book. And Nishikant Sanyal was uh, disputed, assigned to write this book. The preacher, the main preacher who went was uh, Shilaban Maharaj. Vidayaban Maharaj. Uh, the other one that with him was Tirtha uh, Maharaj. He was actually Bhaktisiddhanta's first Sadyas disciple, but was actually initiated by Bhaktivinoda Thakur, the older Tirtha Maharaj. As you can see, Bhakti Maharaj was, was quite young, an extraordinarily good looking man. <coughs> And he kind of uh, imitated the style of Vivekananda. Uh, uh, <laughs> go to the west. And yet the third person that was sent was uh, Sandhidananda, who was sent to the University of London. And got a PhD from the University of London. Uh, writing a dissertation on Lord Chaitanya there. Uh, so before they left, they had to have this book. Now, originally, it was supposed to be a three-volume book. And the, uh, as far as I can understand, the third volume was never written. The second volume was finally published within the last 10 years of their Calcutta Gaudiya Mutt. 
but it never appeared until just fairly recently. But the first book was published, and those the print the, the, before they left for England, they had this book with them. Uh, uh, I got a copy of one of the original books through interlibrary loan. It had come from London originally. And the first thing that struck me was that it was, in, well, first of all, the, the, the level of, of writing is very high. It's, it wasn't, it's not exactly an easy, casual, reading book. There's a very high level of discourse, obviously aimed at an educated audience. It was impeccably edited. I mean, just really, there were, I didn't, couldn't find a typo, a misused word. It was like really correct. First class paper, the original binding was still very sound. And it was obviously intended for this very elevated audience. Uh, you can see they were going to England, they wanted to make a very good impression. And so they spent a lot of money and a lot of effort. Bhakti Siddhanta was written by Nishikant Sanyama. Bhakti Siddhanta went over every page of the book. And, and, uh, and it was called Sri Krishna Chaitanya. But they didn't get to Chaitanya until pretty far into it. There are many introductory chapters. A history of atheism, which is basically Buddhism and Mayapad philosophy. And then a history of theism. It includes stuff from the West, but then also a history of theism about Vaishnavism. I compared this to Prabhupada. When Prabhupada came, he brought three books. Done all by himself. Obviously, you know, the binding was already falling apart when I saw them. He didn't have very much money. He didn't have any institutional support. He was doing the work all by himself. He was the writer. He got the printer together. He was the proofreader. Uh, everything he did all by himself, unsupported, no institutional support, but the, but the Gaudiya monk put a huge amount of money and effort and manpower into this book. It was just a kind of interesting contrast. But Prabhupada, he the same idea when he finally came, he had books with him. This translation of the Bhagavatam. So that's where this book was there. And then when you, uh, uh, you, uh, and Prabhupada was very uh, favorable about this book. Uh, he, he said it was, here we have a, he wrote in one letter uh, early on, uh, in 67 of March, he wrote a letter to Brahmananda. I am glad to learn that Donald had purchased Professor Sanyal's book, Krishna Chaitanya. Late Professor N.K. Sanyal was my godbrother, and his book, Krishna Chaitanya, is approved and authoritative. He is approved by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. 
Keep it very carefully, and we may publish in Back to Godhead some articles from the book. It will help us a great deal because my spiritual master has given his approval to this book. Please keep it carefully, and when I return, I shall see to it. Probably was overseas, and so he endorsed this book. And where there were some chapters published in early Back to Godhead's from. Um, from this book, but it was like a little too high level for most of us. It's in this book that we find the term Founder Acharya, that exact hyphenated English Sanskrit compound. Uh, and, and because within the history of theism part, he talks about the founder Acharyas. It's in chapter 7. And the chapter title is The Founder Acharyas. And in the, uh, in the uh, 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 table of contents, he summarized the chapter like this. The concept, so it appears very early in the book, in the table of contents. Uh, introducing this chapter 7, the founder of charge, the chapter title. The contributions of Vishnu Swami, Nimbadicha, another name for Nimbarka, Ramanuja and Madhwa, the founder of Acharyas of the four Vaishnava communities, Sampradayas, of the present day, to the cause of theism are so valuable and so necessary to know for a proper understanding of the theological position of Sri Chaitanya, that we shall close our brief survey of the historical trends of theistic thought with a short account of the systems of the four great Vaishnava Acharyas who preceded Sri Chaitanya. So that's his summary of that chapter, uh, the founder Acharyas. So that's when I thought, wow, you know, this is like not, that's the title for the four Sampradaya Acharyas or the founder Acharyas. These are important people, Dimbarka, Vishnu Swami, Ramanuja, and Madhva. That's their particular designation is founder Acharya. So then I'm thinking, then if Prabhupada uses it for himself, that's really quite impressive. Uh, so in the in this book they, they do discuss what a founder acharya does uh, and we see from Prabhupada what he says uh, first of all that each of the, those founder acharyas uh, defeats the interpretation of Vedanta that are non-theistic, namely, of course, uh, uh, the Sripad Shankar Acharyas. Uh, 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 idea of Vedanta, Advaita Vedanta. That's one thing that they each did. And then they revived and reformed uh, their community and started a, a, a reviving reform community and each of them had its own signature style a particular deity of Krishna that they worshipped and 
a particular focus of uh, their, their endeavor. And each of them uh, preaches the view of what he refers to as a prehistorical teacher. Now the prehistorical teachers, these are the four prehistorical teachers. Uh, Lord Shiva, Rudra, and the Rudra Sampradaya, the four Kumaras, Shatushana, uh, Lakshmi, Sri Sampradaya, Brahma Sampradaya. Uh, so these are the prehistorical teachers, and then their teach and so then you trace back their teachings to one of these people that he calls prehistorical. That when uh, we read when Brahma gives his teachings uh, in the Bhagavatam, it's before the practically in there's any any history uh, and, and, and so on. We we learn how Brahma is enlightened by uh, 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 Narayana, how uh, Brahma goes on to teach Narada, you know, that's our specific succession. You know, and so how Narada asks questions of Brahma, and so it's traced down. So in each of these, there's a, 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 a chain like that. Uh, and so then the founder of Charyas for the Iron Age, that's the phrase that's used, receive that real historical teaching and they shape it for transmission in uh, Kali Yuga. And they have their own particular uh, way of teaching Vaishnava Vedanta with uh, Vishnu Swami teaching what's called Shuddha Dvaita, uh, 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 Nimbarka Dvaita Dvaita, Ramanuja Vishishtha Dvaita, Mandala Dvaita. These are their... Uh, and they have a contribution to our own because if you read the uh, uh, interesting book, my Bhaktivinotakur, uh, called Navadita Mahatmya, Bhaktivinotakur is such a visionary, so he describes how uh, 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 Jiva Goswami is taking on Parikrama, Navadita Parikrama, by Nityananda and describes what Nityananda is, 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 is teaching to Jiva Goswami. Uh, and in, in, in there, uh, uh, we, uh, we, uh, we find out how that Lord Chaitanya synthesizes the teachings of these four founder acharyas. They prepare the way for Achincha Veda Adena Tattva. Each of them contributes two things to this Achincha Veda Veda Tattva teaching. So Lord Chaitanya is unique because he completes and he synthesizes the teachings of all four Sampradayas. He views them as preparing the way for Lord Chaitanya. Lord Chaitanya, in Bhaktivinoda Thakur's book, each of them, Lord Chaitanya appears to each of them and says, I want you to do this. 
so that later on I'll have make use of what you've done when I teach, when I give my teaching. So that's our understanding. So they prepare the way for uh, Bhakti, uh, for Lord Chaitanya, their preparatory. So that's why, we, and that's what Sunyal says in the book, they each have a contribution uh, to make for the, because why is Lord Chaitanya important? Well, he's the Yuga Avatar. These are the founder of charge for Kali Yuga. And the Lord appears in Kali Yuga as Mahaprabhu, as predicted in the Bhagavatam. Uh, and here, uh, from uh, where we already uh, read this, uh, this uh, system, somehow or other we were, okay, we, we missed out, so I had some quotations from them, and somehow the slideshow got messed up. Uh, so we won't uh, we we won't we won't look at that. We won't look at that. So, uh, but there's a parallel. So when Lord Chaitanya comes, uh, there there here God again comes and teaches. Each of those four sampradayas started with a direct revelation by uh, the supreme personality of Godhead. When Lord Caitanya comes, again, he's teaching. He's appeared and he's giving a, a, a revelation. He's coming as Bhakta Rupa, in the form of a devotee. And he's teaching, by his example. And, and his teaching is called the Chincha Veda Veda Kato. Who does he teach? Well, the counterparts, for example, the six Goswamis. There are people who directly receive the re revelation from him. You know, uh, Swarup Damodar, uh, we have in Chaitanya Charge Amriti, his teaching to, especially direct teachings to Rupa Goswami and Sanatana Goswami at Prayag and at uh, Varanasi. They, they hear from him directly. Uh, uh, and of course, our Chaitanya Charitamrita, Narottama Dasakur, went and stayed with them and learned about Lord Chaitanya. His Narottama Thakur's Diksha Guru was Nityananda, but his Shiksha Gurus were the six Goswamis. And so these are the, the kind of counterpart. So then when Prabhupada becomes founder Acharya, you know, we, we have the, we, we have the prehistorical teacher, a lot of time passes, and then in Kali Yuga we get the founder Acharyas. So now Lord Chaitanya appears, but very quickly, you know, he teaches the six Goswamis, they teach other people, uh, uh, and, and propagated teachings, and then, you know, at a certain point after that, here's Srila Prabhupada as the uh, founder of Acharya sometime later. So there's a kind of parallel uh, uh, with that, uh, th this, this particular occasion. Uh, so now, let's go look and see. 
Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, we said he didn't have that title, founder Acharya. But I found uh, two places in the Harmans in which the term founder Acharya was used to refer to Bhakti Siddhanta. One time in 1930 and one time in 1936. Both of them uh, by Nishikant Sanyal. Uh, although Bhakti Siddhanta never used the title, it was used by his right-hand man twice to refer to him. And uh, the, the, the first time is very, very significant. The second time was just before Bhakti Siddhanta disappeared. So we said that Nishikant Sanyal was his primary writer, his de facto editor uh, 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 for uh, this book. Now, the 1930 Harmonist, was a, 1930 was a very significant year because that was the year that in Baba Bazaar, the Gaudiya Mat Temple was opened. And there was, it was a big occasion very, very big occasion because that was this big marble temple uh, that a, 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 a disciple of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati paid for and uh, uh, I think his name was called Jagat Bandhu. Uh, Bhaktisiddhanta, even he was a householder, a, a, a merchant who sold ink and was quite a fortune paid for the whole thing, oversaw the construction, and after he passed away, Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasati would observe his disappearance day. He was so grateful to him for this marble temple in Bhagavad Bazaar in Calcutta. It was their headquarters for world preaching. Uh, uh, and so when that temple, which the temple was called the Gaudiya Mat, when that temple opened, there was a, a three, three issues of the harmonist continued by Nishikant Sanyal, and it's an unsigned article, so that meant it had editorial support. It was clearly written by him to explain this uh, Gaudiya Mat Remember, Calcutta was a world city. Up until 1914, it was the headquarters of the British Raj in the East. So people in Calcutta, like Bhaktivinoda Thakur, can think of themselves as part of a kind of larger intellectual community. And Bhaktivinoda Thakur did like that. And he... Uh, very closely by having so many journals, and, and, and he wrote in English, spoke in English, and having a number of journals, he was doing the same practice at that time, which was fashionable in London and New York among intellectuals where ideas, new ideas were spread through journals. So he was a, like a world citizen. And so they had that sense of Calcutta as kind of a, a world city.
And it's, even today it still is. Uh, and so that was their headquarters for, for world uh, preaching. It says here. So here in the 1930 Harmonies, I can't read this uh, screen here, but I think I got the pages down here. Uh, uh, here we go. Yeah, in, in here, he writes about this Vagodia month. And in that article, you see that he refers to that the temple, the Gaudiya Ma temple. He calls that Gaudiya Ma temple. Uh, the Gaudiya Ma is also identical with its founder, Acharya. So that's where, in this very firm but subtle way, he refers to Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur as founder Acharya. And in this article, uh, I'll read some of it, uh, this Harmonist uh, uh, article. He, uh, well, uh, this is page five in the Harmonist, 28. I'm on, in this book, on page 41, if you have the book, here's what he says. This gives a very deep meaning of the event of the inauguration of this temple. So it says, the Gaudiya Mat is the embodiment of the highest service of Sri Sri Radha Govinda made manifest in the modern urban environment, that's Calcutta, by the grace of the Acharya, it is the embodiment of the ideal of service of a single individual who does not belong to this age or any age, nor to this world. Of course, he's referring to Bhaktisiddhanta. By the self-sufficing wish of this single individual, the ideal of his service of Sri Sri Radha Govinda has been manifest in the busiest city of this country in the form of an institution for the practice and propagation of the most perfect service of the Supreme Lord. This institution owes its existence both as regards initiative and growth to His Divine Grace Paramahamsa Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj. So this is how he refers to this. And then he goes on to say, the Gaudiya Mat, that is to say in Calcutta, is the principal branch of Sri Chaitanya Mat of Sri Dhammayapur. So that was the first temple of Bhakti Siddhanta in Mayapur, the, 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 the Sri Chaitanya Mat. You can still see it, his samadhi is on that same place now. Uh, and it's very important because that Sri, here's what they say about the Sri Chaitanya Mount in Mayapur. <coughs> the distinction between the Gaudiya Mount 
and Sri Chaitanya Mahat is all analogous to that between one lamp lighted by another. Now we know the reference for that example from the Brahma Samhita, how one lamp lights another, how Krishna's expansion so that although one is that follows another, they're actually identical. The Gaudiya Mat is the expansion of the Chaitanya Mat in a visible form into the heart of the world. So the original is in the spiritual world. But yet, wait a minute, isn't it in Mayapur? Well, yeah, then he explains. Sri Chaitanya Mat is eternally located as the original source even when it is manifested to the view of the people of this world in the transcendental environment of the eternal abode of the divinity. In other words, the real location of Sri Chaitanya Mat is the spiritual world. And he goes on to explain this. Uh, but then he said, first he says, the activities of the Gaudiya Mahat and of the other sister branch Mahats are, however, essentially identical with those of Sri Chaitanya Mahat and are categorically different from the ordinary activities of the world. So here, the original temple, the Sri Chaitanya Mahat, manifest in Mayapur, spread throughout the world, all the others are as branches, and you'll see in the Gopal, where they ever list the temple, they always list the Sri Chaitanya Mat as the parent Mat, and all the others are as branches. Uh, uh. So then he says, uh, then it says in the harmonist, the Gaudiya Mat is also identical with its founder Acharya. So that's where he uh, 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 says this. Um, so then in the second installment, all activities of the Gaudiya Mat emanate from his divine grace. Uh, Paramahamsa Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Goswami Maharaj, the spiritual successor of Sri Rupa Goswami, who was originally authorized by Sri Chaitanya Dev to explain the process of loving spiritual devotion for the benefit of all souls. The reality of the whole activity of the Gaudiya Mat depends on the initiative of the Acharya. Sri Chaitanya Mat of Sri Mayapur reveals the source of the Gaudiya Mat. The Acharya dwells eternally with the Supreme Lord, Sri Krishna Chaitanya, in his transcendental abode in Sri Mayapur, White Island of the Scriptures. Swedadu is also, that's where this is. And that's where the Acharya or the founder Acharya is. From there, the Acharya manifests his appearance on the mundane plane for the redemption of souls from the grip of the deluding energy 
and conferring upon them loving devotion to the feet of Sri Sri Radha Govinda. The offshoots of Sri Chaitanya Mata are an extension of the center of the bestowal of grace for the benefit of souls in all parts of the world. The recognition of the connection with Sri Dhammayapur is a vital for realizing the true nature of the Gaudiya Mata and the grace of the Acharya. Now again, with later issues of the harmonist, we find the same idea repeated. What this is here, uh, what you're being shown, is what is called an ecclesiology. There's actually a technical term for it in religious thought. Is that branch of theology dealing with the spiritual constitution and function of the church. The word ecclesia, uh, uh, we get to, it, it means a church, uh, uh, but it's originally a Greek word meaning an assembly, a regularly convoked assembly, a congregation. Uh, uh, so when Christianity came, they took the word for a congregation or a, a regularly assembled meeting, and then it became the word for a, 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 a church. So there's this ecclesiology that explains the spiritual constitution of the church, and that's what we have here. They are the ecclesiology for the Gaudiya is that there's a central spiritual, original church, in this case, the Sri Chaitanya Mat in Mayapur, where the founder Acharya is there, and then from then it spreads out all over the whole world. And that's the relationship uh, that's been explained here between, you know, Mayapur, the Sri Chaitanya Mat, and the Gaudiya Mat uh, in uh, uh, Calcutta. That Chaitanya Mat is the root. Bhakti Siddhanta was there. Uh, from 1905 to 1914, he sat in that play and chanted a billion names of God, 192 rounds a day, before he took sannyas and began his preaching work. He was there on that property. It was owned by his father. Uh, uh, and, and so that's how he began. And then so that is this Sri Tetanya Mata, we have quoted this, is located uh, in the original source spiritually. Now, How does this apply to ISKCON? Well, here's our international headquarters, world headquarters. Where else? Sri Mayapur. 
And what did Prabhupada want in Sri Dhammaya for? A very large temple, and here he had a picture of it right from the beginning. I remember going there for the, you know, one of our first meetings there, because Prabhupada wanted the GBC to meet there every year. Very Why are we meeting here? There's not even telephones. Why don't we meet in Bombay, you know, at least someplace we can have some kids. We met in and then all the leaders were supposed to come there. We're sitting there, and this is our world headquarters, and there's cane fields and rice fields all around, and we're trying to shave from a hand pump, and, there's not even water to drink, and not a telephone anywhere. In our world headquarters, nobody could understand it. But Prabhupada had this idea right away of a big temple there. And Giriraj Swami had asked him that it seems to you, he said to, to Prabhupada, that two things are very important to you. One is that books are being distributed. And the other is that this temple is being built. And Prabhupada said, yes, you have understood. So this explains the mystery. Because now you can see that the template for Iskand was the Gaudiya Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Prabhupada followed him very, very closely. And so as he had in Mayapur the central temple or the, the parent temple of all the others, Bhakti Siddhanta had his world headquarters in Mayapur, which is this temple of the Vedic planetarium. Uh, which uh, kind of interestingly shows the whole universe as it is described in Bhagavatam. Now, that's not the universe we see because we see with material vision. If you can see the universe the way that Krishna sees it, that's what it looks like the way it's described in the Bhagavatam. This is in the fourth canto. Anyone who stands very close to Krishna and sees, as Krishna is seeing, you'll see that universe the way God sees it. Doesn't matter that we don't see it that way because all in mind. We have material vision. This is the way God sees it. And that temple of the Vedic planetarium shows this model because you can go up the galleries in there and you'll see all the different levels of existence in the world leading up to the spiritual world at the top. Because not only does it show the material world, but the spiritual world. Prabhupada wanted this model. It shows the way back to Godhead. Think of this kind like this. Think of this one like this. Here's the Temple of Vedic Planetarium, uh, looking very uh, nice. Uh, that temple ends up being exactly outside of Srila Prabhupada's Pushpa Samadhi. We, I was partying to the office of where to make this temple. We were looking to make a much bigger temple. 
and for various reasons we couldn't do it in this place and do it you know there's land problems and deed problems but finally we had the original property that Prabhupada bought and in the magic's copy of the deed there is a map and on that it says Mandir land it's the land that was originally for them. And that's where we ended up buying it. Prabhupada had laid a cornerstone there. As soon as he could, as soon as he got the property, he had an official cornerstone laying. And he did that in 1972. I mean, we didn't start building <laughs> quite a few, but he started it. Once you lay the cornerstone, it's a commitment to build it. And actually, he ended up building very close to where that cornerstone was was laid. See, here's a temple out here in the wilds of New Jersey. And what you see in that temple, you see Srila Prabhupada behind us, sitting on his thing. This is the entrance way into this network of temples, where the founder Charlie is there at this entrance way. We follow this entrance way and all the paths converge on Mayapur. There's the founder Acharya in his Pushpa Samadhi. You go into the temple, there the main deity is the Panchatattva, and you see the way back to Godhead. And, and of course the other, one of the other, uh, of course we have Radha Madhava, Astasakis, and the other main altar, is the Parampara going back to our uh, Madhva Sambhadaya so that this is where it all comes from this is, is what Bhakti Siddhartha's uh, plan was and Prabhupada realized uh, by the way, uh, just before Bhakti Siddhartha Saraswati Thakur uh, left his body, there was uh, uh, another article in the Harmonist, uh, uh, written by Nishikar Sinyal, and again he says, the Gaudiya Mat is the instrument and counterpart of his divine grace, Paramahamsa, Paribhraja, Kacharya, Sri Sriman, Bhakti Siddhanta says what he goes on Maharaj. It lives, moves, and has its being in the founder Acharya. Again, he uses that term founder Acharya. Bhakti Siddhanta was planning to go to the West. Uh, there was a temple, he had money to have a temple built in London. The Maharaja Tripura had pledged. Bhakti Siddhanta was, he was asked by people when he planned to go. His plan was to go to London and go to America. My conclusion is, this title was being prepared for him. And when he would have gone to the West, with an established temple there and deities there, then he would have accepted the title founder of Charya. That's my conclusion. Because, well, it, 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 circumstantially it didn't happen. Right? He didn't, 
He didn't even get to go. Uh, there was a delay. It stopped. You know, the year 1933 that the preachers first went was famous for another event. That was the year that Hitler was appointed Chancellor of Germany. And by the end of 1933, the Reichstag gave him dictatorial powers. All hell was about to break loose. By 1939, you know, that's when hostilities came open. And so there was a pause. So Prabhupada, Prabhupada was ordered to preach in the West. He wasn't the only one that got that order. But he was asked as a young man, actually, because he knew English. Prabhupada asked, Bhaktisiddhanta asked many of people who were New English to preach in the West. So Prabhupada was asked to do it. It was his first instruction when he met him as a young man. And then just a few weeks before Bhaktisiddhanta left the, this world, he describes how he wrote to his spiritual master. He says, I'm a householder. I can't do much for you, but I'd like to do something. Is there anything I can do? to serve you. And again, he said, you can push on this movement in English. He got a letter back from him. And Prabhupada says, this is recounted in detail in this book, how I couldn't think, I could imagine I could do this or other thing, I couldn't think how I could do it. I was a householder, I was doing business. You know, he gave that order to all these different sannyasis, Prabhupada how can I do it? But then he says, I took it seriously. Especially, he read a purport on Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur on the Vyavasatmika Buddhi, that this Vyavasatmika Buddhi, the key to success in spiritual life, is to take the order of the spiritual master as your life and soul. Let me try. And so to begin, well, his spiritual master began with an English language periodical. Let me do it. So Back to Godhead began in 1944, all by himself, writing these words, uh, trying to, you know, uh, spread the teaching. But he followed in the footsteps that way, with, with, with Back to Godhead. And then, you know, when he finally uh, uh, took sannyas, uh, goes to Vrindavan and he begins translating again three volumes of Srimad Bhagavatam. Uh, these are my own copies of those. First time I read the first canto was those. It wasn't yet, the BBT hadn't published them yet. Uh, so the, that's how I read the first canto of those uh, volumes. Uh, and then he, the international world headquarters, as soon as possible, he got that place with the idea of world headquarters, which all, none of us could understand. Incomprehensible to us. And then Prabhupada did as soon as he, you know, when, when he got to the West, and as soon as he had something going, he makes this governing body commission. To him, a big failure of the disciples of Bhaktisiddhanta to form a governing body. 
Uh, it was Bhakti Siddhanta in his last days dictated his will. We have the original copy, by the way, is in the Bhaktivedanta Research Center. Uh, Bhakti Siddhanta gave his final instructions. It was written down in English, interestingly enough, to form this governing body commission. And it wasn't done. So that was something that was omitted. And then so Srila Prabhupada, as soon as he had some people, he started the governing body and watched it. Nursed it along, corrected it when it needs correcting. Had them sit, he had them had their first meeting, formal meeting. When that happened, he made them follow Robert's rules of order for parliamentary procedure, write down the minutes, Prabhupada signed off on the minutes and met that way every year in Mayapur. Uh, and the, very interesting that when, when Prabhupada did this, and this got something going in the West, when he saw it was there, they asked him for a special mantra. We have a generic mantra for you as guru. Can we have a mantra, you know, that's your personal mantra? And this is the one that he gave. Namaste. Now, I hear people say it wrong all the time. Namaste Saraswati Devi. But it's Saraswati. We don't have diacritics here. Long A, Saraswata Devi. It's an allocative case, but the name is Saraswata. Saraswata with a long A and an A ending is in fact means some of Saraswati. Just like you take the word Vaishnava, you take the word Vishnu, you strengthen the first syllable, Vaishnava, Vishnu becomes Vai, and the uh, U becomes AU or Vaishnava with the A ending on the end. This is a standard Sanskrit way. So his name is the servant of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati. What is he, he doing? Well, Gauravani Pacharya to the Western world. In other words, going beyond the bounds of industry, spreading this. Uh, message of Lord Chaitanya. What's the what is he defeating? The Nirvishesha and Sunyavada, the founder of Chaya. But he does it as Bhakti Siddhanta. He picked up exactly where circumstantially Bhakti Siddhanta left off. And he continues in his name as his servant. Prabhupada is thinking that I'm not doing it, I'm the puppet of my spiritual master. I'm animated only by his order. When Prabhupada realized things would come successful, he realized he's in power. A Vaishnava who's in power doesn't think, hey, no, I'm in power. He thinks, oh, look, I can't do anything but somehow rather by Krishna's mercy, my spiritual master's mercy, I can do things, I have to thank him. And you find Srila Prabhupada thanking his disciples. 
He said, Prabhupada says like this, I have quotations in here from him, saying on certain occasions, you know, my, when I was a young man, my spiritual master ordered me to go to the West. But I, I couldn't do anything. Some of I had different occupations. I didn't, until finally, in my old age, I thought, I'm old now, let me in life at least try to do something. I've waited until my old age. Let me come and do something. So I came here, and I'm just trying to satisfy my spiritual master's orders. I couldn't do that much, but he sent you, you American boys and girls, and now you can, because of your help, I am doing something to satisfy my spiritual master, so I have to thank you. Because of you, I can satisfy my spirit. This is how this mind functions. So he is the servant of Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and he just picks up and continues. And, you know, he waited some time, but I imagine what if Prabhupada came in 19, you know, 55. Where would have been? He came at the right time. Krishna's in charge of timing. There was a break for World War II to do whatever it had to do with. Everybody had to get their bad karma. And then, you know, he came at the right time. And now it's pregnant. So this is, this is his. And so when he says he's the founder of Charya, uh, using this, uh, why not the Gaudiya Mata? Because they could not cooperate. There's a whole series of letters, which you will find quoted in this book, where Prabhupada writes to his godbrothers, one letter after another, let's co-op, now I'm here in the West, please, let's work together. I'll start, you can send some men and some help, I'll start, my temple will be a branch of the Gaudiya Mata. He was wanting to work together. Like this, you can read that. I can't read it from here. Uh, I don't think I have a slide to show you. Yeah. See, yeah, so he says here. He writes, you know, in, in 1965. Here is a chance of cooperation between us, and I shall be glad if you are ready for this cooperation. I've studied the situation. It's nice, and if you are agreeable to cooperate with me, then it will be all very by the will of Srila Prabhupada. And I am one of the workers of the Mayapur Chaitanya Mahat. That's what he says to Bhaktivedanta Mahat. Nobody would help. They wouldn't join in. He really kept begging and he never stopped asking to cooperate. Uh, uh, and so he, he writes letters like that and, and uh, uh, try to see the cooperation. They're not interested. In fact, they, in fact, some of them work just opposite to discourage people from working with Prabhupada. Prabhupada wrote to one of his disciples, the test of our actual dedication and sincerity to serve the spiritual master will be the mutual cooperative spirit to push on this movement and not to make factions and deviate. This cooperation, you know, and then 
your love for me will be tested out after my departure. You maintain this institution. Bhakti uh, Chuswami, who also heard Prabhupada the way he heard it, our real love for him would be shown by how we cooperate with each other to continue this movement. You love this is this cooperation. Prabhupada wanted it. Uh, 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 and then he says. Uh, in a lecture, when, when you do something in cooperation with the Lord, that is called bhakti. So, because people wonder why is this done? Why is this? I mean, it's a hassle. It's this correct. It's it's hard to cooperate. It's hard to work together. In my early days, I joined the temple, and there were people there. If I had met them socially, I'd never had anything to do with them. They're not my kind of people. But somehow they wanted to serve Krishna and we learned to work together. Because when you work together, you get things done. It's a force multiplier. Armies that you don't have soldiers go off by themselves fighting together, they cooperate. Businesses, they cooperate. Everybody who gets anything done is by cooperation. And so that's why it's important. And I think the idea of a GBC is you have to cooperate. It's built into the structure. It's a committee. The word committee means to be together. It means a group. That's its meaning. So this is the idea of cooperation that we have to keep Prabhupada together. And we should understand that, as Prabhupada said in a letter, there is another Iskhan in the spiritual world. He wrote to somebody, there is, we will have another Iskhan there. So it's there. I don't think of this movement as something that's just here. That people are going, they'll be with Prabhupada. They'll, it'll be in Chaitanya Leela and there'll be a Sankirtan party, there'll be the Iskhan Sankirtan party. And Chaitanya's eternal Leela is there. And there'll be people going up and some people coming back down to help out, I hope. When we need help. That's our bigger Sankirtan party. If we really understand Prabhupada's position, I, 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 in the book, the words are there, Prabhupada is the soul of this kind. And we are the limbs of his body. So it is not that Prabhupada is some previous Acharya. And it's not that, you know, you have a relationship with your initiating guru, other people, their initiating guru, we're not together. We all have this relationship with Srila Prabhupada. He is an active, what does it mean to be the soul? He's the active, indwelling presence. I am sure he is guiding and conducting this movement through those people who are willing to follow his directions. If you don't follow his directions, then well, what can he do? But, so this way, when we are working together, first of all, Prabhupada's mercy will be perpetuated. Generation after generation, 
That same spirit that brought Krishna consciousness all over the world will be offered by Srila Prabhupada. And the path back to Godhead that Prabhupada opened up and gave us to maintain will become increasingly traveled by people. We bring people here and we're bringing them to that path. We meet people on the street, they get a book, we bring them to the temple, they're on that path. They come to another temple, they're going on that path. We get them to go to or, uh, bigger Sankirtan meetings, they come to mind, they're on that path. Prabhupada's position as the preeminent Shiksha Guru is fixed. Everybody has a relationship. Diksha Shiksha Guru alone. And, and, and so Prabhupada's position is there. The integrity and unity uh, of our movement will be secured. Our teachings will be consistent over time and space. That is another important thing in Prabhupada in the center. Our preaching potency will be maintained and it will be developed. Uh, Prabhupada's books offer us fresh direction and insight. As we make advancement in Krishna consciousness, you can go back and read a, you know, a third canto, fifth chapter, but I haven't read this in years. Suddenly you'll see things you don't remember ever seeing before. Those books are alive. And there's constant instruction that comes out. There's an old saying, a book is like a mirror. Uh, if an ass looks in, an angel won't look out. So Prabhupada's books, as we look in with more and more purity, more and more will come to us. Uh, so those books will always remain there. And we will completely understand our previous acharyas. Through Prabhupada, we will be able to access Bhakti Siddhanta, Bhakti Vinodhakur, Six Goswamis, and all the other uh, acharyas. So this is all the, some of the benefits that come from recognizing and understanding Srila Prabhupada's position as founder um, acharya. Okay. That's such. Uh, but please read this book. There's a lot in there that I... <laughs> If we haven't read it yet, I think we can have uh, questions and answers, and comments, whatever you want to, want to do. How much time do we have? Okay. Is there a microphone, somebody to take one around, or anyone who has any questions or comments? Are there copies here? Are there copies of the book? Where? Well, uh, out back there. Yeah. Okay.
you have a microphone, Senator Manchin? Just now coming? You know, the word governing body commission, if you go to London, you will find the office of the governing body commission. Not our governing body commission, but what was called the governing, you know what it was? It was the organization that ran the Indian Railway, who brought rail travel to India and ran the railroad. So the governing body of the Indian Railroad, with their headquarters, of course, in London at that time, was the governing body commission. That's where that, when I first heard that, to an American, that's a weird phrase, but, but, what I, but I recognize, no, that's very, very British English, you know, governing body commission. So that's, that's, that's where it comes from. So the idea uh, of a corporation, uh, uh, it may be in some ways modern, but I, I would say that Gaudiya Vaishnavism from the beginning was a group. Like, for example, the Six Goswamis. And they went off on different preaching missions, working together, Narottama Dasa, and others. And, and so, so the idea that, that if we can work together, it's just there's a reason why cooperation is there and why it works better and more in, uh, powerfully. If, if five people set out to do something, they'll accomplish something. If those five people get organized and do it together, they can do the work of 15 or 20. No, that's just a, that's just a, a, a fact of why organization is there. There's unnecessarily duplication of you know that people, everybody's duplicating each other's work. Why bother? Specialize. And then you and, and this is the Sankirtan movement. Sankirtan means really either we go back to Godhead altogether, or we don't go at all. San means together. That it's done, uh, 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 and that's the Yuga Dharma. 
So all those things are part of the idea of a group. Somebody else? We come back around again. Thank you, uh, I just had a question uh, considering the history, thinking of the history of the Bodhiyamat with Iskand and Prabhupada's attempt to set cooperation with the Bodhiyamat. How would you define cooperation with the Bodhiyamat today? Is it something that's possible? No, they, they, they work all by themselves and, and it, it doesn't. So far as I know, they don't work together. Prabhupada had a different way. You know, he, up to his last days, you know, he did things to, to work with him. He does it today. He formed one organization uh, to help them restore their temples and, and so, so on like that. And we do things with them. But mostly the initiative comes from us. There just has to be a great deal of trust the people that has been done. I, I mean, I really, you know, got a very... When, when I read the harmonies, because I, I started looking, you know, to see what Bhakti Siddhanta, when I did, saw that he wasn't called the Founder Acharya. If I said he wasn't called the Founder Acharya, they didn't have that title. If it shows up one place, I'm wrong. So then I started to have to read every page. Uh, uh, and so I started reading pages and pages and pages of the harmonists, and I got a feeling for what the Gaudiya Mutt was like when it was healthy. It was very, very powerful by somehow all working together. You know, in a very few years, they had expanded temples all over India, had a couple in Burma, and a few other places, sent preachers to London, no, it was really. But then, then they, they, this uh, uh, envy started to come, and especially who will be the next Acharya. And different people wanted that that position, and and, and uh, so one person decided he was the next Acharya. People did not like him, and they got a, a, a counter person to be an Acharya. Neither of them were selected by Bhakti Siddhanta. His idea was that there would be this joint management, and they just didn't do it. They, they, they just, uh, yeah, I, 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 and I, I don't even know exactly why, but it, but but then then when it. I mean, in some ways, Prabhupada, some places he called because they couldn't cooperate, they became useless. But on the other hand, he said, all my God brothers are preaching, they're being, and he told us, you know, all my God brothers are going back to Godhead. So he had, you know, mixed feelings. He appreciated uh, some of them very much. But I, he was also, when he tried to work together, uh, things would always happen that would be there. And he did it while I was up, while we were around. It wasn't just in the beginning. He kept trying. He kept trying. But people were always like accusing uh, him of things and undermining him and, uh, and, and cutting him down and uh, all these other, other kinds of things.
you know, they're always criticized. One, one, one time, uh, early, fairly early on, I, I was, was late at night as one of the early uh, uh, meetings of the leaders in Mayapur. I was in a room with about eight other temple presidents and monk beds, you know. Somebody knocks on my door, Prabhupada wants to see you. I was already, you know, dressed for bed. What do you want to see me for? I, I couldn't understand. So I, I, you know, put on a dhoti and got dressed again, went over to his room. The whole building was dark, except Prabhupada's light was on. I go in his room in the Lotus building, offer obeisances, and I see that Prabhupada's sitting behind his desk, and there's two or three of his godbrothers there, Gaudiya Matsunyasis. I recognize them. And, uh, and I offer obeisances, and Prabhupada said, yes, you're the problem. Come over here, I come next to, you know, next to a desk. And he says to me, so, what are you writing your doctoral dissertation on? And I thought, wow, what do you want to have for you? Come here. So I said, you know, well, Prabhupada, I want to show the, the, the historical, theological, social, political, economic, and spiritual necessity of Krishna consciousness. I had a proposal like that. Prabhupada says, ah, he says, all around necessity. I said, yes, you Prabhupada. Very good. Thank you very much. And I let him, what was that about? And I went to the guys, what did Prabhupada want? In the room, you know, I said, well, that's what he wanted. Why do you want to know that? Yeah. Well, I later found out that they were, say, God brothers were saying, that Prabhupada, yeah, he may have made Western disciples, but they were all drug-addicted hippies. So he called somebody and said, what are you writing your doctoral dissertation on? You know, so apparently people thought that you couldn't both be a drug-addicted hippies and working on a doctoral dissertation. Some did manage, but anyway. <laughs> you know, that was, that was being criticized all the time, all kinds of things. One time I sat visited one of the Gaudiamat temples along the road. I'm sitting there, a guy calls me over, some sannyasi. I'm sitting there, he's talking and pointing at me and lecturing in Bengali, and I think I was drawing fine through the Prabhupada for having made his Western disciple. Later on I find out what he's doing is telling this is my Western disciple. He's kind of thinking what happened. What can I say? It's embarrassing, but uh, so anyway, th th this was uh, not, not uh, that cooperative spirit wasn't there, and so Prabhupada wanted us to work together, and you know it's been pretty good. Could be better. We did have spin-offs. People who couldn't couldn't do it. But, uh, what he wanted. Hare Krishna Guruji, just a question to Prabhuji's question. In this book it says as... What page are you? Uh, 60, page number 60. So far as my starting a separate organization known as International Society for Krishna Consciousness, it was inevitable because none of our Godbrothers are cooperating with one another. Every one of us is conducting his own institution. And there is a difference of opinion even between the Gaudiya mission and Gaudiya Mark. I just wanted you to put a little more light on this particular Gaudiya mission and Gaudiya oh. Mark. 
the Godia, Godia, uh, the, the, the organization uh, is headquartered in, 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 in Mayapur. What uh, was was called the Godia Mission, and the one in Kampala was called the Godia Mark. So two different branches. But here, Shri Prabhupada is mentioning about a, there is a difference in between the principles what have to be followed and what are not followed because everyone is starting their own institution. Yeah, there's a difference of opinion. Well, of course, if, if, if today you go to the Sri Chaitanya Mahat in Mayapur, you find right next to the main altar, this is the parent temple of all the Gaudiya Mahat temples. But not everybody agrees that that's the parent temple. They had a lawsuit that went on for 40 years. Uh, we, there's, any, anyway, they're, 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 they were really fighting in the courts about who was in charge of the whole thing. And it's, a, it's very, very bad. And so much money that could be an effort and time spent for preaching was spent in these law, law proceedings but between these. Uh, one person declared himself the next Acharya. The people didn't agree to left back to somebody else's uh, as the Acharya. And then that person fell down. You know, and had to, you know, so on and on and on it went, like that. Uh, and so, uh, they're not, the cooperation is very, very rare. And uh, so this was his letter, and they were criticizing, he was being criticized, you started your own institution. He says, you've already got your own institution, why am I any different from you? I see the humility of Srila Prabhupada here saying that everyone of us is conducting his own institution and at the same time the cry he's seeing for everything getting lost by the yes. differences in between the mud and the That's right. Thank you, Prabhupada. Mm -hmm. It was inevitable. It was inevitable. Thank you, Thank you so much for putting so much effort to make this book. Sure. I'm sorry? Putting so much effort to bringing this research paper and the book. Uh -huh. It is actually for generations it will help us. So my question is more related to your experience while you were researching and bringing us this paper and any specific instructions for all of us who want to sincerely search in a book. Well, I, I, to me, my, my healthy idea is by, by reading in this book and, and, and studying it, you'll get some, some really, really sense. I mean, one thing to learn about Srila Prabhupada, to me, one thing I really learned by doing this is the biggest lesson of Srila Prabhupada is how to be a disciple. That he was so much a disciple of Bhakti, he studied him very carefully, and he took his order, he made it his life and soul. So his life is a life of a lesson in discipleship. And uh, we've had people fall down in our movement, some very, very important leaders leave and fall down, because they looked at Srila Prabhupada and they thought, oh, I can be like Prabhupada, I can be a guru. 
That was the wrong lesson. It should be, I should be like Prabhupada and be a disciple. That's the right lesson. And so if there's any success in this, it's this teaching of discipleship. And the teaching of the importance of co cooperating together, of working together, and of understanding that when you're part of this one, it's a single unit with its, with its, you know, the planet and the Vedic planetarium, the temple of the Vedic planetarium in the middle. We're all extensions of that. It's one spiritual organism, you might say. They say, you know, one definition of an organism is an entity in which the whole is at least as unified as any of its parts. You know, the same unity that, that's in it. Like, I'm an organism, my, each cell of my body is an organism because it's unified, and this, this whole body has to be as, as least as unified as a cell. So the, the, that's, that, that's the notion of organic unity. And, and, and uh, so our, our ISKCON should be like that. We should feel part of each other. We should belong to each other. We're, we're all working together. Uh, and and the, what really embodies and, and symbolizes and manifests that unity is Srila Prabhupada. This is very interesting that his, his, you know, every temple, it's there, there's a Vyasa's on it, and it's not vacant. Prabhupada's on it. And we always had a, there was, there was asked, you know, that, that there would be a chair that Prabhupada had his Vyasa sauna, and they, 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 they I asked that, could we make us, merge of you to go on there after you're gone? He says, yes, that way nobody else will sit there. <laughs> this was told to me, he said that nobody else will sit there. So this is founder Acharya position. And what it looks like a difference in time for, between us and Srila Prabhupada, or you didn't get to... You know, it's nice to meet people who can tell stories when I with Prabhupada, this happened and that happened. But Prabhupada himself said that the re relationship with me through my books is better than my personal association. So we should discover that. We should discover that. And that means learning how to read with, as Prabhupada describes, rapt attention. By learning how to give full attention to what Srila Prabhupada is saying. And, and there's answers to so many things that are there that, 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 that I mean, Prabhupada had the sense that when he was writing, it wasn't him that was writing. You know, it was coming, he was an instrument of something higher. And that's there. And you can read in the same way as he was writing. And then he wanted us to, I remember sitting with Srila Prabhupada uh, uh, one Prajumna brought one graduate student to, from Columbia University who was a, uh, to see Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said to him, you see these all our books? He said, 
you read these books and then write books about these books. And I thought that was pretty good order for everybody. You read these books and write books about these books. How can you, how many books can you have? Well, Prabhupada said, you know, the preface to, I think the second volume of the Indian edition of the Bhagavatam that he wrote, that people were amazed that you could write so planning 60 volumes of Bible, so many books. He says, he says, here this, this, this earth is a little speck in the cosmos and the presses are going night and day just to tell the news of this little speck. How many, how much literature need to tell the news of the Supreme Personality of God there? He says, 60 is nothing. 60 is nothing. So this is Prabhupada's legacy. The, 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 the point of the international, as far as I'm concerned, the main point of the International Society of Krishna Consciousness is to train people to be readers of his books. Because these books are Krishna in another form. But you can't read them and understand them unless you read them with rapt attention. To have that kind of attention, that pure attention, you have to be pure in mind. To be pure in mind, we have to be pure in everything. Pure in eating, pure in sleeping, pure in mating, pure in defending. Even the basic animal biological activities have to be done in a pure way. Then we can hear what Prabhupada is saying. This whole movement, see Prabhupada brought these books, but the reason he started ISKCON was he had to make an audience to be able to understand the books. You can read and do something in the beginning, but then if you read more, then you find out, well, you know, I have to, there's some regular principles to understand these books. I can't really read these books properly if I'm also smoking cigarettes, if I'm also eating meat. I have to become a, a, a proper reader, a proper hearer. So Prabhupada had to do these things to create the audience for this literature. That's why we had to have this come. The books by themselves, they may produce somebody, but you know, Prabhupada had to like really you know, we have to be trained. Otherwise, people are buying books from Amazon, they're reading them, tossing them, nothing happens. The world goes on and just more books come out. And more books are shredded every day, and pulped, and turned into more books. And people, they have nothing, to, they don't do anything. These books change the world. Thank you, Guru. Anything else? Yeah, I just have a couple more things. Um, one was when we were discussing the um, four sampradayas, you were drawing a parallel in connection with Prabhupada's founder chart, and I missed the parallel. 
Well, the, 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 the name that, that Bhakti Siddhanta chose to use, uh, the Nishikant Sanyal put down, for the Sampradaya Acharyas was Founder Acharya. Each of them had a Founder Acharya. Uh, and that's where the title, it, it's the term of art for those four people. Or the four of four, the Chatushana, <laughs> the four Kumaras, Lakshmi, Brahma. These, these, these are the people who started these Sampradaya. Oh, no, those, excuse me, those are the original prehistoric creatures. And then Madhva, Ramanuja, they took those teachings that were being handed down. We, we say Brahma, Narada, Vyas, because Vyas is supposed to have heard directly from Narada, but there's a long historical time between the time Narada hears from Brahma and Vyasa hears from Narada. But, but, but so, so these people who organized a spiritual community uh, gave a decisive formulation of the doctrine of theism that was not Mayabada. Vishishta Dvaita, there's Advaita, but there's uh, Vishesha, specific differences, uh, even concrete particulars. Or uh, Shuddha Dvaita, purified non dualism. It's non-dualism, but it's purified. This is, all of these are comprehended with this achincha beta adeta tattva. Here's how to think of achincha beta beta tattva. Two formulations taken from Prabhupada. Nothing is different from Krishna. Yet, Krishna is different from everything. That's like a memorizer, you know? That's what I did. In another place, Prabhupada put it like that. There's nothing but Sri Krishna. Yet nothing is Sri Krishna save and except his original primordial personality. So that's the way to see. Nothing is different from Krishna, yet Krishna is different from everything. Everything. Prabhupada once said in a lecture, don't see a tree, see Krishna. Did he mean that the tree is God? No. But if I just see that tree and I don't see it in its complete relationship with Krishna, I'm not seeing it. What am I seeing in it? Oh, this is a nice tree for me to enjoy. This is a nice tree for me to chop down and make wood. This is somehow or other I am the enjoyer and controller of that tree. Then I've lost the connection with Krishna. This tree is a devotee of Krishna who is in that awkward position. There's, you know, there's many different ways to look at this. Now, there's the trees we worship too, Tulsi, others. People that tree. Yeah. Although Prabhupada said in the letter, I think Tulsi shall be sufficient for our tree worship. <laughs> but uh, but the, the, these are the, the, there are ways to look at everything. That, that every, everything belongs to Krishna and everything is Krishna's energy. Read Prabhupada's uh, purport to the invocation of the Isha Upanishad. Or his description in the fourth chapter of the Bhagavatam 
Bhagavad Gita, how sacrifice is the process of turning matter into spirit, reconverting matter back into spirit. When everything is actually spirit, but when it's covered by illusion or sense gratification, it seems to be something called matter. Get rid of the sense gratification, there's nothing but Sri Krishna. That's our, that's our vision. And it's, we have to, if people don't start seeing things this way, then we're going to be in big trouble. They're trying, because the earth has been abused, because people are not showing proper respect for that Krishna's property, and just using it for sense gratification. It's a very important mission to, to, for people to understand this. Prabhupada is very radical. Every living being is a praja. Every you know, praja means living being is a citizen. Citizen means what does that mean? Well, uh, it has to be protected by the key. Put it in modern terminology: every living being has civil rights. Well, you begin with the cows, but you have to go on with every living being has its civil rights. Anyway, these are all the things that Prabhupada has taught, and that, that actually should become currency for everybody to understand the relationship of everything with Krishna. We don't separate Krishna from Krishna's energies. A lot of people are religious, but you know, this is God's and this is mine. God has his share, and if I, you know, give him something a little bit, he, you know, make sure I keep my share. He's a materialistic. Dharma prochita kaitavavatra. Cheating dharma, kaitava dharma. Very different kinds. So this is what Prabhupada has taught us. And if anybody reads Prabhupada's book, if they're a Christian, they can stay a Christian. They become really good Christians. They become good Jews. They become good Muslims. They'll understand. What's the meaning of all Islam? Submission. Yeah, we'll really do that. Anything else? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you mentioned that uh, we should train people in reading Shilpa's books. Uh-huh. So do you have any um, guidelines about how we can categorically introduce Shilpa's books in the Sunday feast programs? In the what program? In the Sunday feast programs. How our lectures could be? Yeah. Well. Uh, Everybody's got a different way of going about it, but I, I think one really good way is to take some really nice... You could do it for even a Sunday feast lecture, that's not usually what happens, but make, put, have a, a time where you just take a book and you go through it. You read 
the purport. This is what Bhagavatam class is supposed to do. And then you discuss it line by line, word by word. One one thing I came in the movement that really paid off is is I had a very good education in English literature in the university. And I had some teachers who really taught how to read a good poem very, very carefully. And you look at, why is this word here? Why is this word here? Why does Shakespeare use this word when he could have used that word? at a a kind of very active, critical in the good sense of reading. You don't just sit back and let it flow over you, but you want to understand why these words are used and why not other words are used and what they say. And it really pays off with Srila Prabhupada. Uh, And and so you, 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 you drill down uh, so to speak, and give pay very good attention. Prabhupada said one should hear with rapt attention. Uh, give it your attention. Uh, and so uh, the books just need to be explained that way, and people have to think it's really worthwhile and get something, get something out of it. Anyway, I, I, I can show how I, I would do it, but, but uh, uh, the first thing is, is one be yourself, you know. Uh, sit and, and read, a, read a purport. Now, why did Prabhupada say this? Now, why, did he, why did he pick out this particular thing to talk about? There's other things to talk about. And then he quotes other verses. You should follow those quotations when he recites a, 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 another verse. Read that verse and read that report. And you'll find a whole web of things go out. But most of us have become very lazy readers. But there's a reason Prabhupada wrote what he did. He weighed every word and he put it there. and you, you, you follow that, especially when he quotes something else. Or sometimes Prabhupada will be quoting a verse and he won't even sit and say that it's, you'll just recognize it. Oh yeah, that's from this verse. And that's very interesting because you find out that Prabhupada thinks in shlokas. And almost always there's some other verse to back up what, what he's doing and you get to know more and more, you can you can really uh, find out. And then, you know, uh, you'll get inspiration from Krishna. Because when we read Prabhupada's books, when we read spiritual literature, the super soul is involved. Super soul directs attention. Super soul, Prabhupada calls intelligence, buddhi, the form direction of the super soul. And so what we notice, what we don't notice, what we pay attention to, what we don't pay attention to, what we see and we don't see. Because you can, you can see something and not recognize it. knowledge without acknowledgement. There can be cognition without recognition. So super soul makes recognition possible, spiritual recognition. And that will also be trained as we read that way. In a very active, 
inquisitive passion. Those are some of the things I can say. You have reading clubs, you know. You can do it on Wednesday nights too, having a reading circle. You explained uh, that there are concepts in Chaitanya Chaitanya which are not there in Christianity, for example. Will you help me understand? I'm sorry, I couldn't. You mentioned in Gita Nagari uh, that uh, there are concepts in Chaitanya Chaitanya which are not discussed in Christianity, for example. There are concepts? In yes. Uh, you made an author of remark and explained it. I'm trying to remember when I said that and what, what exactly I was thinking about. Well, uh, you know, Christianity, for the most part, uh, it, it only conceives of divinity in the form of passive adoration. You know, they, they, they really, the idea of rasa is not really there of a relationship with Krishna, which is very intimate, uh, uh, of, of uh, equality or even taking uh, God as a child. The, the, the idea of trying to do that with divinity is there. I knew Italian women who would have a, a, a little image of baby Jesus and would be like a mother to this image of baby Jesus. I said, well, you know, uh, the Balava Sampadaya is really <laughs> good. You know, but they don't, they don't really, the, the, the idea of God is somebody who's majestic and is to be feared. And, and you know, my experience of Christianity of going to heaven would that it be very boring. Because basically you just sit around and go, you know, holy, 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 holy. You know, what, what, what goes on? Even, even Billy Graham, the famous evangelist, was asked, and he had a newspaper column, somebody asked, uh, when we go to heaven, what will we do there? And he said, I don't know. There must be some heavily wonderful task for us, but I don't know. I mean, I really thought that going to church was the poorest to give you a taste for boredom. Because you go to church and you're bored and that you somehow or other heaven was something like a long, long church service. And it was very, very boring. But the idea of, of, uh, of having a, a, a reciprocal relationship with the Lord in which you grow closer and closer in which is ever increasing bliss is just not the conception is not there uh, and there are Christians who have some a sense of that but they don't know how to support it or to how to nourish it I mean, weird things happen in Christianity. St. Francis preached to the birds. Now, the official doctrine is that they have no soul. How could he preach to the birds? 
he recognized he could see that they were people, you know, that they were devotees. But that's not the official Christian doctrine. So it's some eccentricity of sainthood, but they couldn't actually see what he saw. You know, they're, they're, they're because, because sometimes in these religions people do become pure and then they begin to see things that, that normally are not accommodated by, by their religious teachings. So the, the idea that, that, especially with Krishna, that, you know, uh, I, I, what we learn is that God has kind of two dials, let's say, two majesty and sweetness, right? Uh, Aishvarya and Madhurya. So if God is, of course, the Lord of everything, so that, that Aishvarya is really turned up high. But, but, but when Krishna's Aishvarya is there, everybody is so odd, you kind of hold back, your hair may be standing on end, but you keep yourself at a distance because, you know, you're so tiny and God is so great. But God wants to have an intimate relationship. You can't go, too aware of how little I am and how great God is. So God does something. He turns up the sweetness and turns down the Aishvarya. So the inhabitants of Vrindavan, they know in an abstract way that Krishna is God, but they don't care. It's like if, you know, the Brahma Samhita. <laughs> So that's describing Vrindavan. It's in the country, there are field stones everywhere. Those rocks are all over the place. It's the country. Each one is a Chintamani. You get a Chintamani stone, your fortune is made. Here, they're all over the place. Nobody cares. Huh? Huh? The trees, a kalpa vriksha, one kalpa vriksha. You know, gives you anything you want, and here's a forest of them. All those cows, each one is a surabhi cow. Bhagavatam describes battles that are fought over one surabhi cow, and here there are herds of them. And Lakshmi, how often does she come and hang out? <laughs> Lady Lakshmi, you know. Comes and goes. But here, all these little barefoot village girls, each one is a Lakshmi Devi. So that's, you know, it's, it's Vrindavan, but the Aishvarya is there, but, you know, there's something there. You know, it's the sweetness of Krishna. So people don't really know so much about that. That's like, you know, that, that's a special. Krishna showed it, and then it was locked up for a long time. It says in the Chaitanya Charitamrita that when, this is probably what I was thinking about when I mentioned, 
that when when Krishna came, he brought the storehouse of love of God with him, but it was locked. It remained locked. Very few people could appreciate it. But when Panchatattva came and they chanted and danced, they broke open the storehouse that go down and they plundered the content and they gave it to everybody and they didn't even ask whether you were fit or not. That's what they did. They just gave it up. The way Krishna gave the monkeys over gopis here and, and, and ghee and everything, you know, butter. That's what they did. That's what the, so that's that's Lord Chaitanya. In other words, the reason we can have access to Krishna's Vrindavan Leela is because Lord Chaitanya came and did that. There's a famous, you know, I think it was the comedian Groucho Mark who was insulted who said, What I won't belong to any club that would have me as a member. You know, like like he was insulting such as Gummy guy that they take, take him, he wouldn't want to belong to him. So how are we? How do we know this? How are we fit? Well, we were made fit because of Lord Chaitanya. Because of Lord Chaitanya, you know, Bhakti Siddhanta did his work. Prabhupada came to America. This is this his desire. There's a whole passage in Chaitanya Charitamrita. He's the gardener. He's planted these trees. The fruit is coming. He can't harvest it all by himself. Who will help me? This fruit of the love of God is ready to be given away. You know? that, that's our position that we are in right now. So, could you also... Um, I, I, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And, and a yeah, you know, well, that, it's not bad because at least they understand there's a relationship. You know, that's that's more like bhakti. That that uh, so they understand a relationship. Uh, that they they God the Father, and then Jesus is God the Son is you know, like a pure devotee. You know. The Christians say only begotten Son, but I, you know, I have two sons. You know how many? God can do better than I can do better than God. <laughs> yes, but but the, but at least the idea of it, 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 is there. But it's not just three. There's not just three people who are intimate with God. Or when Krishna expands himself, you know, the Panchatattva is five. We, that's better than a trinity. That, that, that's, a, that's at least five. But each of those Panchatattva people have their followers and, and, and so on. But the idea is there of, of, of relationships. And then there's what, what's called the, the Holy Spirit. 
Holy Ghost, Heiliger Holy Spirit, you know, which is another feature of God that's more seems to function more like the super soul. That after Jesus had gone, then there was the the, the and people think sometimes they're ages, age of the Father, age of the Son, age of the Holy Spirit, just like that, you know. But the different speculations like that. But but uh, but the 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 idea there's 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 some ideas like that. Uh, once once uh, a couple of devotees uh, uh, they're quoting William Blake, but he's referring to a Christian do- uh, idea that is ra- ra- we are raised as a spiritual body. But the idea of the spiritual body is there in Christianity. Pneumatikon soma, that's the Greek in the Bible, the, the, the spiritual body. That, that in the go to heaven you have a spiritual body. You, it means you're a spiritual individual. So there's some bhakti, there's a bhakti strand there. See, I, I, would, I would think uh, of three strands. You know, we have the idea of karma, jnana, and bhakti. So there's karma kanda religion. This is in the Vedas. Jnana kanda religion and bhakti religion. So all these three are there. Uh, uh, in, in some forms of Christianity, there's some idea of bhakti. There's some idea of jnana. And of course, for most people, it's a karma kanda religion. You, you try to avoid sin so you'll go to heaven. And heaven is like a heavenly planet. It's just better sense gratification. That's karma kanda. Other Christians who speculate about God think of God as the one and somehow I can become one with God. They're mystics who want to merge and become one with God. That's jnana. And then there's the idea of bhakti, the idea of, of, of love and devotion to God. There, 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 there are Christians who think of becoming the brides of Christ. You know, the bridal mysticism, somehow like that. There's some idea of that. So the, these three strands are in different religions. So, you know, from, from, from what Prabhupada has taught us, we've got, got something to understand a great deal about different religions that have some part of that. Uh, and, and so you can see some traces of this in, this, in, in, in the Christian idea, which I don't think is entirely false at all. It's partial. And, you know, you have three pieces of a puzzle and you can put them together some ways, but you can't see how they belong to the whole puzzle. And believe me, there's a lot more to be known about Krishna, too. But at least my own experience, like I've never seen anything quite as, as thorough as what, what we have seen in the Bhagavatam, and which is, and we've been given access to it by Sri Chaitanya. I don't, uh, that's, that's my experience. Nothing, nothing beats it. And to me, every other religion I've ever studied, because, you know, I did this in graduate school and studied various religions, is like they've taken one part of Krishna consciousness and run with it as far as they can go. But I think the whole thing is together there in Krishna consciousness. That's my personal opinion about that.
But Prabhupada never told Christians they have to stop being Christians, just become better Christians. Just actually follow it. Christianity with what? Reincarnation. Reincarnation. Yeah, it, 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 most Christians don't believe in it. Uh, uh, there were early Christians who believed in, in, in transmigration, but then at a certain point, for what reason, I don't, nobody knows for sure, they decided it was uh, wrong. And, uh, and, uh, but there were early Christians, apparently quite advanced Christians, who, who believed in it. And there's still Christians who believe in it, although they don't open their mouths. But mostly, you know, they think it's one life and it's heaven and hell and then that's, 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 that's the end of it. Uh, and uh, uh, it, it, it's kind of very brutal. And of course, the Catholics, you know, realize it was so brutal that they've got this sort of intermediate purgatory. Uh, state to give you a little little bit of a more more reasonable idea that yeah you've done something good but you're not all bad so you don't have to go to hell but but uh, but uh, yeah that's that's their uh, uh, they don't don't usually understand transmigration only only those religions that come out of India at least Hinduism the Dharmic faiths as they like to call them. Understand transmigration, but but a, 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 a lot of a lot of people yeah, are, are, are quite open to it, and, uh, and and Plato believed in it. You know, I mean, it was it was quite 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 widespread belief, and and uh, yeah, uh, I think it was some misunderstanding that led to the idea that it's. It's not right. But you know, people have a hard time understanding they're not their body. You know, most Christians believe I am this body and I have a soul. And I thought, you know, okay, I die and my soul lives. What do I care? I'm dead. You know, the idea that I am the soul and I'm not the body this is not, was not very clearly explained, uh, explained to me. Well, uh, yeah, you would think so, but uh, they thought that he was like the unique case, he was the only one of his kind. They say only begotten, he only has one son. That's what they think. Uh, and, and so, you know, I, I, as far as I can understand from, from our, our side, Bhaktivedanta Thakur and, and, and Bhaktisiddhanta Prabhupada thought of Jesus as a Shaktyavesh avatar. So that kind of an avatar. 
And Prabhupada said it in the, in the, in the uh, purport in the Bhagavad Gita, it is not that incarnations of God only show up in India, they're all over. Uh, so we can accept that, that Jesus is like that, a Shakya Vish Avatar. Because uh, he certainly did something. Low battery. <laughs> <laughs> I could put it down there. Yeah, you go ahead. You mentioned in the, in the book uh, that Srila Prabhupada is our preeminent Shiksha Guru mm -hmm. for all generations to come. Yeah, that's been in the GBC resolutions. Can you please say something why we took the word preeminent, what that really means? Because you have many Shiksha Gurus. It's not that you can only have one Shiksha Guru, but among all Shiksha Gurus, Prabhupada should really be, uh, the word preeminent means most imminent. Does it not? Look it up. Look at preeminent. Right? What's the exact definition of the preeminent? Surpassing all others. Surpassing all others. Very distinguished in some way. Yeah. See, because not only not only we will read previous acharyas, but always we will read Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur, for example, through the eyes of through the understanding we've gotten from Srila Prabhupada. Our past acharyas come that way also, because people have sometimes different ideas about what they said. So we take Prabhupada's position or understanding uh, of them, them also. So that's the idea of preeminent. Anything else? No, go ahead. In the back there behind. We have to stop at a certain time, or just let me know. I'm just. Election. Still talking about the reincarnation issue and Christianity. I um, I know that uh, in the original Bible, reincarnation was there, and it was taken out by uh, Emperor Justinian. It was there, and also in the Bible, we, we, the proof of reincarnation when they say John, there was Elias, there was uh, Isaiah. It's the same John reincarnating uh, over and over again as a prophet. Yeah, well, some people make that claim. Yeah, I don't know how to evaluate it myself, but they say like that. Yeah. There's lots of controversies with what was in the original Bible or what was put together and what it actually says. I mean, there's a literature that can fill this room for all this kind of stuff. Unfortunately, everything gets complicated, but, yeah. I just want to say, Prabhupada mentions in one of his books, it's a short 40-page book, he talks about early version of Bible and Greek. That what? Early version of Bible and Greek. Prabhupada writes it about the short 
I, I don't know. I don't know. That the Bible had Prabhupada said it? Prabhupada says in his book that the Bible had the incarnation. Okay. Yeah. You don't see it today anyway or uh, Yeah. Go ahead. What what is what what's page? Twenty two. Twenty two. I think I'm probably just reading too much into this sentence, but still, I, I just want to make clarify. It's the first line under reasons for Prabhupada's founding of Islam. Mm -hmm. So you say, eventually, Prabhupada successfully established Lord Chaitanya's movement as a world preaching mission. He made the weighty decision to form a new institution, the International Society for Krishna Consciousness, with himself as founder of Charya. So that, I guess it's just because maybe the way the sentence is worded, it makes it seem as though um, first he successfully established Lord Chaitanya's movement, and then made the decision to form a new institution, Islam. Yeah. He, he uh, what, what, as is explained in here, at a certain point very early on, Prabhupada realized that uh, he, he kind of, uh, See, th this is uh, this is a short s statement. The, the form of this book is a is a uh, short statement, and then it's elaborated on. So, where this is elaborated on in the commentary, a text in the, in the commentary, it talks, uh, we talk about how at a certain point Prabhupada realized that. It was going to go. He almost, we have some testimony that Prabhupada very early on, this is on page 52. That, that first Prabhupada tried very hard to get a temple. You know, and I go through the things he went to 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 to, to find a temple, and he couldn't get any help doing that because that's first thing he did in, in in London was try to establish a temple. That was a big endeavor, and it was almost ready to happen. They had property and, and uh, they had funds. There was going to be a temple, but then Prabhupada became very upset with Ban Maharaj and recalled him and told the Maharaj of Tripura not to give him any more money. Bhakti Siddhanta did that. So Prabhupada first started thought to get a building. And he wrote these letters, we need to have a building. And tried to get cooperation to get the building. Uh, and he, he wasn't able to get a building. Uh, 
So, then uh, he, he, so, so the idea of with all those working, try to work with the Gaudi Yamat, so okay, that's not going to work out. Uh, then the next thing that happened, is that uh, that uh, at a certain point he understood that the people that were coming to him it was going to spread uh, somewhere I have a footnote where 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 Prabhupada talked about where this in the Chaitanya Lilamrita some man that met Prabhupada on a bench and Prabhupada is talking like the temples are already there and everything. But somehow he had he got got some indication, maybe beyond what you'd immediately see, that it was going to be successful. And that uh, and that uh, it was going to 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 spread and uh, and that the idea of doing this as part of a separate mission, a mission with the Gaudiyamat, was not going to work out. He tried in various ways to do that, and it was simply fruitless. It was a waste of time that he was on his own. And then at the same time, he began to understand that people were coming, and there was an opportunity, and he could see the potential of what was going to be there, and, uh, and and so that that uh, uh, this is what he decided it was had to be uh, a new institution. Uh, 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 and uh, yeah, just just that 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 was one of one of the, the things. And to some extent, he, he saw the future. Uh, and I know it, it's a fact that they don't talk about this very much, but when Prabhupada first got to New York, he was looking to see when the ships were going back to India, in case he was going to run out of money, in case he couldn't get his visa. You know, the, 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 it was still very hard to, 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 to stay in America. You know, they hadn't... They, they had, in 65, they changed the immigration laws, but it hadn't gone into effect yet, which uh, enabled Prabhupada. But before, there was a, if you were from Asia, you couldn't come to America until 65. Uh, and, and so Prabhupada didn't know whether he was going to be able to stay legally or whether he was going to have any money. Uh, he didn't have a place to live. He was hanging out in, you know, yoga studio of Dr. Mishra. By anyway, but somewhere or other, he he saw that it was it was going to it was it was going to go, and that he was going to have to do it all by himself. And so uh, uh, he, uh, yeah. Anyway, this is this is this is how it happened. So can you say that? When Sri Prabhupada successfully established the Chaitanya movement, there you really think when he saw the vision that it 
going to happen. Well, to him it had happened. Uh, from from Prabhupada's idea, he, he at a certain point he knew it was going to happen. And then he went and put the elements in place. Uh, the name, the incorporation, and then founder Charya. But he, 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 by the time he, he incorporated this con, he already knew it was going to, it was going to last. That's, that's my that's my conviction anyway. Anything else? Okay, so I'm coming back tomorrow. What time? Three o'clock. Three o'clock. Three thirty. Whatever. I'll see you tomorrow. Huh? Three. There we have some copies. Huh? Okay. Thank you very much. Shri Prabhupada Ki Jai.